Welcome to the Wrestling with Scripture podcast. I'm Trevor Harris, the Young Adult Discipleship Director here at MDPC with Sarah Stone. Hey, guys. I'm the Outreach Director for Young Adults. And Sarah, what are we talking about today? Well, we're talking about a question that a woman wrote in about a family member who she's worried about if they're going to go to heaven or hell and just talked about how the person is really good, but they're not a Christian. So our question that's on the table today is, do good people go to hell? So real light, simple, easy. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I think that this is probably one of the biggest Western misconceptions about uh, Christianity is that if somebody is good enough, they'll go to heaven. Mm. I don't know if you've run into that or not, but um, that's really more of a Muslim theology to say that if we're good enough, we go to heaven. If we're not good enough, we go to hell. Our Christian theology says something entirely different. And I think we probably need to start with talking about what is good. How do you define good? Do you want to say yeah, anything no, about that? I, or? To that point, I think it's important that we go back to Genesis 1. Because if we're talking about good, we need to have a universal definition of what is good. Because my good could be different from Sarah's good. And if we go back to Genesis 1, 26, it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. And if you cut back down to 31... After he introduces birds and some seed-bearing plants, he says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. I love the very in there. Mm -hmm. Everything before that was just good. When we were introduced, it was very good. (laughs) And there was evening and there was morning on the sixth day. So then we go into the Sabbath. But I think it's important that when we talk about good in a heavenly or hell sense, that's being judged by God. A lot of people that I meet on my day-to-day, I think are just good people by my standard. But unfortunately, that is not what we're judging people here by. We're not using the Trevor standard of good and bad? Not anymore. Ever since 1997, I think we've moved away from that. Sure, sure. Yeah, rough year for me. So Sarah, what do you think about good? How do you judge whether or not someone is good? What's that definition for you? I mean, are they giving me things? (laughs) No. Um, You know, I think this is one of the biggest questions that people have to ask is how you define what is good at all? So we have a couple options. Uh, the first option would be to say, like, culturally or maybe even evolutionarily, like, what works? What has society deemed good? So we have some structures in place. We say things like being kind is good or not murdering. That's bad. You agree with that, right? Mm, you haven't mostly, murdered anyone yeah. recently. Not cool. In, yeah. That's good. 1997. Stay employed. Yeah. The problem with thinking about it culturally is that it's relative because there are some cultures in this world that, let's just say, um, if you have a baby girl, they'll leave it out in the elements because they think the baby girls aren't important, and so they should die. And we look at that and we say, well, that's really bad, but they think it's good. So just looking at it culturally is not a good way to determine what is ultimately good or bad. So then maybe you think, well, maybe I could think about it like, in a socially relative way. Um, I think that most Americans probably do this, where we say, well, I'm good because I'm better than so-and-so. Like, I'm better than Trevor at blah, 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 or I'm better than all these fools at my job or in my classroom or wherever you might find yourself. But the problem is that someone is always going to be better than you. And so that's not really a good determining factor either about what is good. Um, Here's an illustration just to kind of prove this point. My daughter who is awesome, uh, is really smart and really strong. And in a group of her peers, she might be the strongest and the smartest girl in the room. But if I walk in the room, then she's no longer the strongest or the smartest. I just know more. I'm bigger than her. I I can 
tackle her. Um, I have more life experience. So when I'm there, her ignorance and weakness is revealed. She's the strongest when she's alone, and we are only good if there isn't a holy God in our room. You see, the standard changes, and then all of a sudden, instead of you being the arbiter of what is good and bad, you have something perfect against which to compare. And in that way, really none of us is good. What do you think about that? Wow, I think that's a great point. We were intended to be good, so it's Hmm. natural to look at ourselves in a favorable light, but that's not the whole story. We were good before the introduction of sin into our lives. Once man had fallen, we were no longer good. We have a disease that distorts our understanding of who we are versus who we were intended to be. And I think that is what's always going to allow us to ask the question, are we good? And then to be able to comfortably answer yes, without taking in anything on the outside. And that's what opens the door to sociably or historically looking at different people groups and saying, oh, their definition of good was different from ours and is therefore bad, when even though at the time it was good. And I think the Bible also brings up some good examples of people looking to better define the definition of good to themselves and justify it to God himself. What what, what New Testament scripture do we have on that? I'm so glad you asked, Trevor. (laughs) We may have talked about this before, you guys. Uh, Well, I I first want to piggyback something you said about people have a disease. Um, I think that's a really good way to think about how badness crept into what was supposed to be good. And that disease that Trevor's talking about, Trevor, do you want to use the S word or should I? Salmonella. It's definitely salmonella, but also sin. Uh, Sin is the disease that he's talking about, and we all have it in all of the aspects of our life. In fact, the fancy word that we use for this is total depravity, Mm. which just means that every piece of your life, your thought life, your uh, emotions, your capacity to choose is touched by this disease of sin. Um, And you asked about, uh, do we have any examples in the Bible about people that want to set their own standards? And um, I have to go back to the story of the rich young ruler which happens in the New Testament. Uh, Three of the Gospels record this story. But basically, it's just a guy that comes to Jesus, and he's one of the only people, really, that comes and doesn't ask to be healed, but he asks a question about eternal life, which really is our question that's on the table today. So we already have the story that the lady was asking today. So the guy comes up to Jesus, and he says, good teacher. So he's addressing Jesus by this term, good teacher. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And that's really what we all want to know. And Jesus answers him, why do you call me good? Which, of course, seems sort of mysterious to us that he would answer that way instead of just giving her the answer about eternal life. But then he says, no one is good except God alone. See, Jesus is challenging this man's understanding of goodness. And the rich young ruler didn't get it. And we don't get it. And God knows that. Um, We judge ourselves by and against ourselves. And like Trevor was saying, we think of goodness as a relative term, but God judges us only by his own standard of holiness. First Peter says, be holy as I am holy. So the bar of judgment is so much higher than we can ever get to. Um, And when we're judged according to that standard, we miss it by miles. And so really the answer, and don't worry, good news is coming, you guys. But the first part is bad news, which is that no one is good. There is no one righteous, not even one, Romans says. There is no one who understands. There's no one who seeks God. All have turned away. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's later in Romans. Um, To first answer the question that's on the table today, the answer is no. 
good people don't go to hell because there are no good people. But there is good news. <laughs> and the good news is literally in the next verse, after Romans says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, then it says, all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So the good news is we're all doomed and we all have hope because mm. all who call upon the name of the Lord can be saved, which means the person that asked about her family member, that person can be saved. The person who's murdered people can be saved. The person who's just thought about murdering their coworker can be saved. Everybody can be saved. So that's kind of my take on who is good and who gets in. Yeah, and I think this also opens a door to how we view God. Mm -hmm. I was talking to a friend recently about deism and the idea that what if God just set the world into motion? Would that still allow him to be a good God? Mm. And so I think there's a few things that we also have to grasp and understand that, one, we believe that there is a God. Two, we believe that he is a God that created us for good work, not just for the sake of watching us through a looking glass and just saying, have at it. He truly wanted good in our lives. And so... I understand when people are frustrated when we talk about this topic, but I think we have to give God his due credit to say, hey, benefit of the doubt here, you created us for your glory, and you're not some sadist. You're someone that's, or you're a God that is rather going to be wanting good from his creation. And so when we go further into this question, know that it's not looking at God as this being that is just throwing people out there and just saying, hey, it's going to go how it's going to go. Best of luck. Yeah, exactly. He's putting us out there saying, no, I desperately want you to be redeemed. And on top of that, it's worth knowing as we talk about this, Jesus was at his right hand before even coming into the picture. He knew that we were going to be redeemed the whole time. And if you're listening to this podcast and you want to learn more about Jesus or you want to truly understand the gospel, which is the good news, as Sarah always says, and a lot of people before her, but she always says it too, so I just want to give her some credit there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Know that this is a redeeming story and that the reason that we can sit here and talk about it is because we truly believe that this God is good. It's not that he's playing some rigged game and we've just fallen into it. We truly believe that he has set us aside for good. Can I piggyback on that real quick? Yeah, please. I I think it's important to know that From the very beginning of what we consider time, and we're getting to some philosophical constructs here that I'm not going to dwell in, but God knew that we were going to mess up. Um, Trevor mentioned people being good before they messed up in the Garden of Eden. God knew then that he was going to have to send a rescuer. The whole narrative arc of the Bible and of history is that a rescuer is coming, and we now are on the other side of that rescuer coming. That's Jesus. And God knew that all along. And that goes right to what you were saying about him being good. He is so good and so loving that he would say, hey, right when you guys were giving me the middle finger of rebellion, even in that space, I was planning a rescue for you. That's a God that I want to be with. Yeah. And so let's check the bank account here. If we're looking bad and God's looking good, there's a price that needs to be paid. But before getting into that, I kind of just want to take a look at man and where we stand now. And this is one of my favorite rants, but what are we owed? You guys should know this is something Trevor says on a daily basis. I literally roll What up. are we owed? <laughs> I roll out of bed and just look <laughs> at myself in the mirror and just go, you waste. What are you doing? Oh <laughs> but no, this is something I think about a lot. What are we owed? God gave us life in the first place. Whether or not you choose to acknowledge who he is or want to recognize him as your creator, he created you. 
the game is whether or not you choose to accept that. So if he judges us for being good or bad, why does it matter what I think if I make the cut or not? I'm changing the game to make it think that it revolves around me or my society or my family or anything outside of that. And that's, that's completely unfair. In the first place, I didn't make me. It's at the end of the day, God created me. God created us. And so he sets the game. It's not for us hmm. to decide if we like it or not. You can't take your ball and go home. There's only one game being played here. He has a set rule, and he has given mankind a chance to take advantage of it. And then on top of that, he's been incredibly graceful by giving his son. Yeah. So he gives us a chance to live his life and worship him. And then recognizing that there is sin in the world and that we will never be fully connected to him, he sends his own son to die for us. He created a game that may have been fair in the first place, which is not for us to judge, but then makes it unfair mm -hmm. in the good way. In all the best ways. In all the best ways, by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us on the cross after living a perfect life and being able to bridge that gap and truly cloak us in his sinless perfection so we can have this bridge connection with God. So whether or not we think it's fair, I don't care. <laughs> God's Welcome to MDPC. <laughs> God has set something aside to say, this is good. Mankind yeah. was good. It was then not. My son is good. I will send him in your place. Therefore, you are very good again. I love that. And I think what you're talking about, the game and how it's rigged in the best way, is, you know, earlier I talked about the rich young ruler. And the, the story continues that, of course, the rich young ruler tells Jesus, I've obeyed all the commands. I've done all the stuff. A modern day version of that would be, um, I've gone to church and I've tithed and I've only listened to KSBJ and um, I didn't curse or whatever the thing is. And Jesus says, hey, that's not enough. And then he picks on the one thing he knows the rich young ruler can't give up, asks him to give it up. And the short version of the story is that the rich young ruler walks away really sad because he's not ready to do that. And then the disciples are kind of confused. And they look at the game that Trevor was just talking about, and they kind of think to themselves, okay, so if following all the right rules doesn't get you in, that's just religion. That's not the whole thing. Um, but also breaking the rules, that can't be good. That definitely doesn't send you to heaven. Then it seems like we can't win. And Peter asks this question. He says, uh, well, it says, when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished. That's biblical lingo for what is going on. And Peter asked, who then can be saved? And I imagine Peter asking that like, what the heck, God? You know, um, and Jesus looked at them. One version says, Jesus looked at them and loved them and said, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. You see, if salvation were based on our efforts alone, no one would be saved. We need something outside of ourselves, and that's exactly what Trevor was talking about. So nobody has to go to hell. All we have to do is grab onto the life raft that Jesus offers us. So in some dark way, I mean, everybody is kind of headed to hell because we've all said no to God. But Jesus said, I've got you guys. Here's the life raft. Grab on. And anyone that grabs on is in. So if I can quote Rush here. I wish you would. <laughs> yeah. If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. I love that you say that people are headed to hell when you're first born because we are of sin. We haven't chosen to decide with Jesus or not yet. I want to cut back to the question we were first asked. If a person lives a good life, are they going to hell? And I don't want to take away from the severity of that question because we have a lot yeah. of friends that don't know Jesus Christ 
and live lives giving to charity and helping out others and being with their family and being good role models and raising kids and living lives that are societally good. Yes. And I don't want to take away from that, but that's not the question at hand. Those are good lives, but we're asking, do they go to heaven? Which is asking when God looks at them, are they going to know who they are in his kingdom? Mm, And that's why this comes back to his son. I want to let it be known that I hear these people and my heart breaks because they're looking to play a game that isn't being played. They're looking to live a life that is good to their own standard, which is a noble cause in and of itself. But that's not what we're called here to do. And that's on us. We have to go out. We have to look at the Great Commission and say, are we going out and making disciples of all nations? That's on us, guys. If we hear people asking this question and have a a hard look on their face, we need to make sure people know who Jesus Christ is. Man, I couldn't have said it any better. That's the story. And if you're listening to this and you don't know if you're, quote, good enough, first of all, you're not. Um, But don't worry. God has given us a rescuer. Um, But if you have more questions about this or you don't quite understand what we're talking about or you just want to dive in more, Trevor and I love to talk about this kind of stuff, and we would love to talk to you. So um, our contact information is all over the website. And um, so give us a call. Send us an email. We would love to meet up and and talk some more about this. Beep us. Definitely beep us. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, guys. I feel like there's nothing more to say. (laughs) All right. (laughs) 